High Vibe Nation is live. Welcome to the High Vibe Nation, where we have set out to raise the vibration of every human being on the planet. Your hosts on this journey are Sherry Gideons. So let's join them now in their current interview with a high vibing individual. Hi there, and welcome to High Vibe Nation, the number one positive media show focused on raising the vibe of the planet, a space for you to remember the power within you. It's a love revolution. I'm your host, Sherry Gideons, and today we have this amazing guest. His name is Scott J. Spears, and he is a former global consultant, traveling the world for the past 15 years, living and working in 52 countries, acquiring many life's lessons, death and love, translating it all into the importance of understanding what balance truly means in our lives. Being a past victim of burnout and death, he has traveled a road to recovery in his personal, professional, and loves to what well to help people develop a personalized growth roadmap appropriately entitled time life self which is derived from his personal experiences failures and successes additionally scott helps people unplug and dump their minds into a visual representation and by focusing on the mind he uses exercises to tap into better focus and control for others to begin piecing their life puzzle together with an ultimate connection to self. And I am honored to have Scott on High Vibe Nation today. Welcome, Scott. Thank you, Sherry. Thanks for having me on. Wonderful. And so I always love to ask my guest one question to start the show out. And that is, what does it mean to be high vibe to you? To me, it's all about energy. Um, how are you carrying yourself in this world? How are you uh, exemplifying yourself and your energy to others and, and also to yourself? So if, if you're being positive inside yourself, then you're going to radiate that out to the world. Absolutely. And I just, you know, I was reading through your information and I, I mean, like myself, I love the message that you're going to bring forward today and really share with our viewers, you know, ways to really live within oneself. And so tell us a little bit about your story. Start us out from, you know, a little bit about childhood and where you kind of went through your stages of life until you got to this specific point that you were ready, ready to, you know, open yourself up to this, this greater understanding about who you are and, and how to really tap into that part of yourself. Sure. Um, I grew up in a small town in California, actually out in the country, not too many kids out there that I, that I grew up with. So it was usually left to my imagination and, and dreaming. So I did a lot of art, uh, was always outside playing in the dirt pretending I was uh, playing in the jungle or, or the desert, whatever, somewhere else other in the world that I was, that I was dreaming on going to. Um, and, and yeah, I just forever, uh, for, for my whole childhood, just remember growing 
older and thinking, okay, I, I got to get out of here. I've got to see the world. I've got to see what's out there. There's so much that that there's to see. But the really only the only way that was for me to kind of get out was through the military. I wasn't too much on the the studying type person. I wasn't too much into school. Um, so I figured, no, no, I'm just going to go in the military. So I joined the army at 17, had my parents sign for me because I wasn't old enough yet. And my first year in, I was actually in, in combat, first time getting shot at. And it was, it was pretty crazy experience. Um, we've been trained for it. Uh, it was, it was exciting, but it was also an eye opener, a total life changer of how, how do, how I look at life. Um, here again, I just turned 18 when I was in Panama. That was the, the first place I was in getting shot at and just seeing the bullets fly by and, and hearing them go by and just recognizing, Hey, one of these can catch me at any minute. So, and, and then it's over. Then it's all over and I haven't even seen anything yet. Right. Mm -hmm. So I made a promise to myself that night, um, looking up at the stars thinking, well, this might be the last time I see the stars. It might be the last time I see the trees. And I didn't even realize that I was actually being totally mindful, really present in that moment, taking everything in because I didn't know if anything, if all that was going to be gone in a split second. But the promise I made to myself was that if I make it out of this, I'm going to go and, and travel the world. I'm going to see it all that I can see, experience all that I can, I can, can do in this world. So after, after that experience, I got out of the military. I, I served one more combat tour the next year in, in Saudi Arabia. And that was during Gulf War, during the Desert Shield, Desert Storm. And then I decided to get out. Um, I spent seven years altogether in the military. Then I went into the civilian sector in Silicon Valley and worked there uh, for maybe about four years. And then I moved to Dallas, moved to New York, trying to work my way up the, the corporate ladder, per se. Um, and then I moved back to Dallas. And then I found myself um, sitting in this big house that I bought, married, had had a have a daughter, and have the cars have have everything that I, that pretty much wanted. I was living really comfortable, getting fat sitting on the sofa, <laughs> but <laughs> sitting there. And then I just had this epiphany: like, okay, well, is this all there is to what I'm supposed to work for? But realizing, okay, this is society's expectations, not mine. So realizing that I wasn't happy. Um, with that life, I jumped into consulting and took a job in Egypt, moved the family there and worked there about three years. Awesome, awesome experience. Great people, great country. Um, it was an amazing experience. And I felt like I was in my element again. Um, felt like I had a mission, that I was constantly learning something new. So that after, after Egypt, I ended up getting divorced. That's a whole nother topic, a whole nother uh, movie per se. Right. Um, but but how I got out of the, the bit of depression I was in um, from the divorce, because I wasn't used to, to failing, um, I, I jumped back into consulting and started traveling the world in earnest. And I, for the next 15 years, I was, 
I was in another country every week, um, sometimes three countries in a week, three continents in a week. And it was great. It was, it was, I was having a blast. And it was, it was, like I said, it was in my element doing that. But the last three, four years of, of my consultancy, um, I was moved to Latin America region. And I love this region. I was always trying to get over here because it was a little bit closer to home. Um, but the experience was, was not the same. I didn't enjoy the job anymore. Um, it started just to be a, a pain in the ass, really. Um, but uh, I actually hit a, a, a brick wall about four years ago when I was here because I was trying to balance way too much, um, doing three or four different projects at the same time. And one night I found, well, I didn't find, but my friends luckily that were there found me uh, laying on the floor when I collapsed, uh, when I had trouble breathing. And that's when I died. I clinically died from burnout. That was the, uh, the medical um, diagnosis. So wow. yeah, yeah, that was, wow. that was a crazy, crazy experience. I can, and you know, it's so interesting about really everything that you've shared, you know, in the past few minutes, I can relate. I'm the child, I'm a dependent of, a, you know, Air Force. Mm -hmm. And then I was the dependent married to a um, Green Beret in the military in the army as well, and lived all over Europe. And even in my case, I joined the army powerlifting team and competed all over Europe. Awesome. And now you're telling me about a near-death experience. And then here I am having had two near-death experiences. And, you know, I'm listening to your story and I'm, I'm recognizing the phases that so many of us go through as human beings. It's like we go through these periods where, you know, we we are happy and then and then we're not fulfilled we think we're happy but we're not fulfilled and we're do do doing throughout life and it seems like internally there's that deeper part of us that is seeking to understand who we truly are would you say that, that the pattern of your life was kind of moving in that direction yeah totally totally um you know you have your intuition mm -hmm. but if you choose to listen to it or actually uh, believe it when it's talking to you is, is another thing. So, I mean, it's easy for me now where I'm at now to look back on my entire life and say, this is why that happened. And this is why that happened. And, you know, this easily piece it together. Um, but that's because of everything that I've gone through up to this point and actually did the work on myself finally. Um, and that's, that's where I'll get to at the, at the end of, of the story and to where I'm, why I'm doing what I'm doing now. Um, but it, it, there's a couple more chapters uh, after that near death experience. And when we were talking previously to, to going live here, um, you know, I told you it wasn't the wake up call that I thought it would be. Uh, I, I, I came out of it and I just immediately thought, okay, this has got to be something physical, right? Um, but it was kind of puzzling to me because I took really good care of myself. Being on the road, you've got to, you really got to eat properly and, and exercise and, and really take care of yourself. You're not going to last, right? So I, I was really, you know, living a healthy lifestyle. So it was puzzling to me when this happened and I'm like, 
no way. This is okay. I've got to go take all these tests. I got to take the brain test, the heart test, the, the nervous system test, everything. And, and the only things that really came out were, okay, I had some nutritional um, deficiencies because I was eating nutrition, nutrition, uh, nutritious foods that, that were, I was intolerant to. Mm. Sorry, I'm stuttering over my words, but it was, it was like gluten, lactose, a lot of foods that I would eat every day, like eggs that I was highly intolerant to that were causing inflammation. And I also had sleep apnea. So I ended up having to wear this sexy machine every night um, to, <laughs> to help me breathe. CPAP machine? Yeah, yeah. No. That was it. Darth Vader, you know? Yeah. <laughs> so it was, it was a, uh, it was it was a shock to me. It was like no way. And looking back before the near death experience, I had signs, but I I just attributed them to age, mm-hmm. like the slowing down, the um, getting agitated really quick at work, um, being tired. I was like, okay, well maybe I'm just getting old, you know. Right. Um, but it, that wasn't the case. It and wasn't. how old were, how old were you at the time? At the time, I was I would say 46, 47. Okay. Now I'm I'm 50 now, so that was four years ago. You and old you. I'm an old man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. 50 feel like 25 though now. Thank God. So. Uh-huh. Well, I'm in the same boat as you. I, I I'll be 56 in a couple weeks, and honestly, the more I tap into joy, the happier and more vibrant I feel. Exactly. Awesome. Yeah. So I did all these tests. I did all the physical tests. And those, those are the couple things that came back. And then I just focused on jumping back into work. I was like, mm-hmm. okay, I got, I got to get back into work. I got to pay the bills. You know, my, my daughter's getting ready to go to uh, university, blah, 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 all of this stuff. And I just got back into that same mode. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize it at the time, but I was in a stagnant uh, position. I wasn't happy. I wasn't happy with my job wasn't happy with my relationship that I was in. Um, I had no goals. It was, it, was, uh, it was a stagnant period of my life. I was just going through the motions. So because of that, I started spiraling into a depression, slowly but surely. But it all came to a head three years later, um, right before the pandemic. It was maybe October 2019. And I knew my my employment contract was going to expire, but I wasn't used to going from 100 miles an hour to zero. Mm-hmm. Right? That was that was a big. Okay, what am I going to do? You were um, used to living in the now. Yeah, yeah, I, I was, and and totally used to being busy, busy, mm-hmm. constantly busy. And when when I didn't have anything to do, it was like I felt useless, right? Right. And and then at the same time, and th- this is all in one week, mind you. Wow! Uh, no way. My 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 girlfriend broke up with me, and that was that was a heartbreaker because I was thinking, oh, this is this is the last relationship I'm planning on being in. You know, I'm right. I'm too old to be, you know, chasing the field and looking for another. <laughs> and and then uh, I was diagnosed with PTSD because after the near death experience. I was having anxiety attacks, which were really embarrassing at times because I could just be going through my my daily life as normal. And then all of a sudden it would feel like someone would just tap me on the shoulder and say, hey, remember that time you died? Mm-hmm. And it's like, oh, 
and then you start thinking about it and then you start feeling that whole feeling happen again and then i would just start like hyperventilating and i would have to lay down and put my feet up and go through what felt like an hour but whoever would be around me whenever that happened said no only a couple minutes you know and it's like okay so that that was crazy so ptsd and then the last thing my daughter's university funds got stolen another movie um so <laughs> so all of these things happened in one week and i was just like ah oh, I, I felt i was ashamed more than anything i was just really uh didn't want to see anybody didn't want to talk to anybody couldn't talk to anybody couldn't even talk to my parents you know they, they i'm used to calling them maybe once a week and catching up with them and ah, even if i would try i wouldn't be able to get the words out it was just i was really in a in a bad place so i i knew i needed to work on getting out of it so i, I mean i did my usual meditations my yoga my my journal writing everything that i knew how to how to come out of a depression but it wasn't working i mean one after about a month i came out of the shower looked at myself in the mirror and i couldn't recognize myself i lost 30 pounds wow. and had had a conversation it was like dude who are you you know this is not you you cannot continue this way you need help um so that conversation with myself was like okay i, I need help i do and that's the hardest thing for anybody, not just right. not uh, especially men in our society where we're supposed to be able to brush everything off. Mm -hmm. And and that's what I've been used to all my life. Right. right. Just pick it up. Keep going. Let's go. Let's go. We can do this. Um, but that one got the best of me. So I I realized that, OK, the only way for me to get out of this, I need to get out of here where I am now. Mm -hmm. I'm too comfortable in my apartment. Um, I need to get someplace where I've never been before in my entire life. So a big hole on my map that I haven't been to, but intuition had been telling me the last few years. And who knows, maybe if I would have listened a few years ago, I, I might not have gone through all of that. But there's a reason for everything. Sure. So I called it, I called a friend in India and I very dear friend of mine, Dipali, if you're listening, love you to death. Thank you for, for pointing me in the right direction. And she gave me some advice on a couple places to go that I was looking to, to try to heal myself, basically. And it was the first trip I took. Actually, I, I, afterwards, I went and got my online visa, had one page left in my passport, which was an issue, which I was worried about <laughs> traveling from Colombia all the way to India. I'm like, okay, am I gonna be able to, to get in there and, and get my work in? So I, I, I got to the airport and it was, it was uh, really, really weird because this airport I would fly in and out of every week for my job here in Bogota, El Dorado Airport. I knew it like the back of my hand. But when I found myself sitting at the gate, getting ready to board this plane, I'm, I'm, I'm just started uncontrollably crying. And I realized that this is the first trip I took ever for myself, not related to work, not related to family, not related to um, anything like that, but just for me and in my 50 years. I mean, the last time I took a trip for me, I guess you can count going to South Carolina to boot camp, <laughs> flying from California. And, and it was, it was a, 
it was a, a moment that I had to digest and be like, wow, all right, you're finally doing something for you, not just for you in a, in a uh, selfish way, but, but in a way to, to help you, to, to connect with yourself. So I took this journey to India. I get to my first location as a yoga university. And I spent about 10 days there going through um, lectures on depression, anxiety, how yoga helps with all of that. It's, it was an amazing experience. And it really set me up for the next experience, which actually brought me out of the depression. And that was when I went to a, a Vipassana meditation retreat, which is a 10-day silent meditation retreat where you go and you hand in your, your computers, your phones, your, your watch, uh, notepads, wow. anything that connects you to the outside world, you put it in a locker for 10 days and then you don't even say a word for the next 10 days. And you go in and you meditate um, about eight hours a day, one hour at a time. And it's, it's a really enlightening experience. And that's what really brought me out of the meditation. I mean, out of the, out of the depression. Mm -hmm. this, this meditation, the style is you do a body scan. You sit down, you, you sit cross-legged, and, and you get in your meditation pose, and then you don't move. You're not supposed to move for the next hour, and you're supposed to just do a body scan and just see, observe how you're feeling from your head all the way down to your toes, really slow. And what that does is that, that actually deflects the thoughts that keep coming into your head um, for those who have tried to meditate or do meditate, you know what I mean, where you try to sit down and start looking in or focusing on, on your breath or a candle in front of you. And then all of a sudden you start thinking, well, I got to do this. Oh, I got to do that. And that happened last week. It's really hard. But when you do this, this meditation style, you do the body scan, what that does is deflects those thoughts and keeps you concentrating just basically on your body. So what brought me out of this depression, uh, I'll get to that real quick, is I was the first four days, I couldn't sit still for the, the whole hour. Um, my knee was killing me. Actually, my back was killing me. Everything was killing me. If you <laughs> sit there for an hour, it, you just start feeling pains that you haven't felt in, in, in quite a while. So I would stretch my knee out and then I would bring it back in and keep meditating. But on the fourth day, I had a conversation with myself and said, hey, you came all the way to India to do this, to get everything that you want out of this experience. So just do it. Set your mind to it and just do it. And I did. And that next session, I sat down, did the body scan. I'm, I'm, I'm maybe about 20 minutes in and I'm maybe moving down to my eyes. And then my knee is screaming, move me, move me, move me, please. I'm dying. And that's when my mind and my knee started to have an argument. And oh, wow. yeah, it was really weird. I, and I, I'm, I'm just kind of like an observer at this point. Like, right. All right, these guys are arguing who's going to win. And my mind actually won. said, no, it's not your turn. Okay. When we get down to your point, we'll give you the attention that you, you're requesting. But right now, no, you have to just deal with it. Right. And when that happened, the pain actually subsided. It, it didn't go away, but I could tell significantly it decreased. And that's when I had the first big light bulb, like, wow, this that's powerful. You know, this is mind over matter. 
And this is that stuff that I grew up learning, hearing about mind over matter. Oh, yeah. You know, all the woo woo stuff that everybody right. talks about. And here I am. I'm actually experiencing it. And, and then the next lesson, the part that actually brought me out of my depression was when I continued this body scan. And when I got to the knee, that's when my mind is like, okay, I'm here. I recognize the pain. I acknowledge it. I know why it's there. Um, okay, but now we've got to move on, okay? Because I have to continue moving. And when I, that happened and I was able to continue that body scan, that's when I was like, okay, wow. That's the same thing I need to do with uh, the depression, okay? I need to acknowledge it. I mean, I need to recognize it, first of all. I, I have it. And then when I acknowledge it, I, I, I'm understanding why I have it, right? I'm learning the lessons of the depression. And now, but I need to keep moving on. So that experience there totally took me out of the, the depression. And I continued for the next six days doing this exercise. Extremely difficult, um, but enlightening nevertheless. So then I came back to Colombia and I tried to figure out, okay, now what am I going to do? I don't have a job. I don't know uh, what's going to happen. And COVID struck. Uh, the pandemic started globally. And that's when I was like, okay, I'm tired of the city. I'm going to move up to the mountains. So I, I moved into a cabin in the mountains outside of Bogota. And after, and I spent about three, three months there, you know, trying to figure out what I'm going to do and everything gets settled in. And during that time, I'm watching some of the news, which mm -hmm. I try not to do. Right. Uh, but but the whole, you know, political madness that we had this this past year, um, and with the pandemic, the the news, the not news, the misinformation everywhere, and and just how people were actually turning on each other, it was really depressing. So I was like not feeling any good direction or good energy, and that's when. Uh, the intuition kicked in and said, okay, time to do another Vipassana meditation. Because when I was in India, I promised myself another promise, a lifetime promise is, that, okay, I need to do this once a year. Right. Um, because this is like taking your car to get the oil change, mm -hmm. um, but taking your mind to get the oil change once a year. And I, and I recognized that, wow, you know, we don't ever do that. I mean, yeah, we go on vacation maybe once a year and we go with family and everything, but you're still, a lot of people are still working. That was me. Whenever I went on vacation, I still got the laptop. I'm still pounding it out. I'm right. doing a lot of work and I'm never really giving myself that, that mental break. And this Vipassana, that's what it did for me. So when I did it again, I did it here on my own in the cabin and, and surrounded by nature. It was beautiful. It was, it was amazing. It was difficult, even more difficult than the first time because I had to do everything on my own. But that's when I realized what I wanted to do. Um, the voice kicked in and said, okay, you know, you've got this wealth of knowledge, not just what you took from India and, and your depression and everything, but throughout your whole life. And it would be a damn shame if you just sat on that and died, you know, one day and didn't share it. Mm -hmm. So that's when I said, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to get back. I'm going to I mean, I say get back into uh, coaching because I've coached really all my life in, in every scenario, every job that I've been in. I know I can recall at least one time where I've helped somebody with something that they've been going through. 
And all of that experience, I was like, okay, I can do this. I can do this. So I started to take all of my experience and say, okay, how can I really help people? And what am I really good at? So that's when I came up with my, my time life self program. So I work on people's time management first, because that's usually our first excuse. I don't have time. I don't have time. Well, if you don't have time for yourself, you're screwed. That's Mm -hmm. number one. And then once you get your time or once you get your time managed properly and you, you get those practices in, then you can start focusing on your life and organizing your life. And that's where I start. I call it the, the mind storm where we dump all the, the pieces of the puzzle out of your head into a visual representation, which is easier to put a puzzle together than trying to do it up here. That's right. And, and then you got that and then, then you move to the self connection. And that's, that's the most important part, but you got to go through these stages to get there. You just can't jump into that. You've got to be ready for it. And the self connection is the, what I call it the self connection cycle is uh basically consciousness, mindfulness, and meditation. And it's a continuous cycle. And you really can't meditate properly unless you know how to practice mindfulness first. Mm-hmm. And that's why a lot of people get turned off on, on meditation because they'll just try to jump into it and be like, okay, I can't do this, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> and give up on it. So I, I, I like to practice this cycle of consciousness. First, you got to be, okay, I got to be aware I'm in the present. That's number one. And then I start working the mental fitness through mindfulness exercises. I call it mental fitness because that's it's just like going to the gym and and working working your body out. But but we don't work the mental fitness out. So we do that. And then that prepares you to meditate much easier. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where so I am much, now. How much of what you're saying, you know, I mean, and I think, do you think that life and what most people go through is they go through these, you know, with just like you described your life, you're do, 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 doing because you've been taught this behavior has been modeled in your life. And and so your belief system, your foundational system is built on thinking that you have to hustle and thinking that you have to drive and that you have to make things happen when you experienced what I would call that bottom, that bottom part of life where all of a sudden you had these challenges, these setbacks, these health issues, and you had no choice but to figure out, okay, do I want to continue to live like this or do I want to finally be ready and surrender to what it is this is trying to show me, to what that higher part of ourselves, or we can call infinite intelligence, part of ourselves that has always been there, just waiting for us to access it, to stop and surrender and allow. But so many of the things that I've heard you say, and I can relate with so well, because they were my journey as well. And it's sad to say that we set these stages of life up for ourselves where we are unhappy, where we are unfulfilled. But at the same time, they're here for us. They're here for us to get us to this point that you're at, that I'm at, where we realize that it's in here. It's in the silence that we discover our answers, the next steps to take, the big ideas. Yeah, 100%, Sherry. It's it's just that. It's slow the hell down. Mm. That's what it was for me. 
It was that constant go, 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 go. And part of that was from my promise to myself that I made in the army that I'm going to go see all that I can, do all that I can. And I was just constantly um, trying to go to the next place, right. trying to go learn the next thing. And that's that's good in a way, but you need to be balanced. And that's that's the other part where we need to recognize that, okay, it's good to go, go, go. But you also need to slow, 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 basically, mm -hmm. you know, take that time for yourself. And that's, again, why I said I'm, I'm doing this Vipassana meditation once a year. And in fact, I've got my next one scheduled in a couple of weeks that I'm really looking forward to because something really uh, enlightening comes out of each 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 of those that I experience. I mean, a different message, a different, um, you know, something that I may not have thought about in, in 20 years or so that, that has totally gone from my memory. And I could just be sitting there and meditating. Boom, it comes up and it's like, oh, all right, that's something I might need to make peace with. And, and when you do that, you take that energy back. So when you come out of this meditation, you don't even have to meditate. I mean, if you can, people can just do this uh, every day even just by taking little five-minute breaks throughout their day just to disconnect from everything. That's that's another thing that I coach people on is how to take a proper, a real break. And a real break isn't going from your computer and then going to your phone and going on Facebook and things. No, get away from that. Get up, walk outside, concentrate on your breathing. Focus on, on that tree over there. Observe every color, every texture, everything about that tree just for five minutes. And what that does, that totally blocks, again, deflects the thoughts, that whole thought process bombardment coming into your head yeah. and allows you to just take a break and be with yourself. And the more and you do that- it builds new, new neurotransmitters because totally. like what you've been describing with health and wellness, you know, when we develop that muscle habit, that habit of repetition, and creating these these special moments like you're describing these little five minute breaks to be mindful you know because the bottom line is is we can't change what we're not aware of and it's in that awareness that we begin to like you've been speaking through this whole conversation you develop the observer you become the observer of your behavior your attitude your ways of being and and then you develop these practices it's interesting i'm listening to you and i'm just like oh my god this is so amazing how this is speaking to me because so my you know one of my ministers we we are involved in science of minds that's the type of um spiritual practice that we use is you know the science of the mind and so he goes every single year for 10 days and literally does no talking whatsoever it's complete meditation and then my other friend dr steve tobman he just got back on the 10th from 10 days of no speaking. And he described to me the exact same thing you described, but with his hand, like it Charlie horsed up. And he, yeah. he said it was like in a total cramp. And he said, he just, all of a sudden he was like, he said, if you just be with it, exactly. he said, your hand will open up back up like this. And you're in the same thing you described. He says, it's like a trip how like you literally come in tune with yourself and you are you, you you realize oh my god this is amazing yeah 
yeah, it's it's an amazing experience. There's there's no other way to describe it, but because I mean, again, like I said before, we never take the time for ourselves to to work on ourselves like that. Mm-hmm. Um, we might say we're working on ourselves when we do some self self development courses or continuing education things like that to continue our careers, and that's that's part of it. But what I'm talking about is looking inside, getting to know who you really are. You know, a lot of us can't say who we really are. We don't really even know. And once that happens, it just opens up a whole nother world. Um, for example, before I moved to the mountains and, and when I came back from India, um, I, I was getting over the previous relationship I was in. I was heartbroken. I was like, okay, so I, I put myself back out there and I, I actually, I got on Tinder and, <laughs> and, and started chatting with a few people. And I was like, um, actually trying to manifest who, who, what kind of person I wanted to be with. And I met this amazing woman, but, and, and I went out with her a couple times, three times, and we had a great time, really good time. But I, I had to disappear. I had to disappear because I was not ready to be in a relationship because I wasn't in, I couldn't be in a relationship with myself yet. So when I did went away and went to the cabin um, and I did my Vipassana meditation and everything, I was able to be happy with who I was and get to know who I was as a person and be okay with being alone, if, if that was what my life was going to continue to be. Um, and when that happened, I realized, okay, I can, I can be with somebody else now. But before that, no, I would have been doing a disservice to the other person if I jumped into a relationship without knowing who I was first. Yeah, would you say, would you say though, that probably the most people we attract in our lives are a mere reflection. There are pieces of ourselves that are seeking to be whole, that are seeking to be healed. And so why do you think we enter into relationships where the relationship is abusive or the relationship is um, not fulfilling? Because we don't realize that all we're doing is attracting people that are a mirror of ourselves, people who are who are not healed, who are not whole, who are seeking to discover who they are. And you know, so many of the points that you've been describing is is that if you don't work on yourself and get to that point, then all you're going to do is attract that in the next relationship. One hundred percent. Yeah. So I love what you're saying about how you made the decision finally to work on yourself. And so what would be some practices that people could use on a daily basis to develop habits where they're able to do what you're speaking about? Yeah, I, I was just giving a burnout class previously. Mm-hmm. And and this is, I like these practices. It, these are just basically breaks throughout the day. So I mentioned, you know, take a mindful break. Another one is, is get up and move. Um, it could be anything. Do a little stretch, you know, stretch over the side. Um, Love knock it. out some push-ups. Just do some sort of physical activity, even if it's going outside and taking a walk. That's that's awesome. Get some sunshine if it's out there. That's great. 
Um, I would say another break could be emotional check mm -hmm. where, all right. And, and these things, I always tell my clients, okay, set your alarm, you know, every two hours, every three hours, whatever. Um, and whatever makes you comfortable. But throughout the day, I want you to do these checks. So one was the mindfulness check. One, uh, is, is emotion check where you just take time out and just reflect, okay, how am I feeling? How am I feeling right now? And why am I feeling like that? Do I want to feel like this, right? If I'm not feeling the way I want to feel, why? Why is that happening? What am I letting come into my life? And, and You know, take a moment and, and reflect, what, what am I thankful for right now? First of all, I'm here. I'm breathing. I'm alive. You know, I've got family. I've got friends. I've got a job, whatever. You know, everybody's got different things to be grateful for. And another one is breathing, is a respiration check, I call it. Okay, your alarm goes off, okay, stop everything, turn the computer off, turn the phone off, and I'm just gonna focus on my breathing. And just do that, and these are just little five minute breaks, just to take yourself away from the constant thought process bombarding you throughout the day, and giving you a little moment to connect to self. And the more you do these exercises, the more you will start making time for yourself and, and noticing the difference that it makes on you. Oh, I love those because, I mean, that's really at the end of the day, people are looking for ways that they can begin to integrate this in their lives because so many people have built their belief system on that life has to be hard. And, you know, it's even like when I was in the pro bodybuilding world, I created this 60 second blast exercise program and people were like, 60 seconds, that's going to get me results. When in reality, yeah, if you do the science, when you go full out for 60 seconds, you're in oxygen debt. How do you repay the debt? You repay it through deep breathing. And it's in that deep, that stage of deep breathing that you're releasing all these anabolic hormones, testosterone, anti-aging, sugar burning. But the rub is, is that you're doing it two to three times more powerful than I got to go to the gym and work out for an hour, two hours a day to get the results that I want. So, you know, it goes back to habits again. It goes back to creating habits that serve us, creating habits that give us more time. Like you're talking about here, time management, you know, taking those five minute breaks, like you're talking about giving to ourselves and realizing, you know what, we're first, we're first. Exactly. Yeah. And, 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 and isn't that, tell us a little bit about in you doing these processes, have you been able to build a life that you love? Totally, totally. This past year has just been magical for me. I feel so much more grounded. Mm -hmm. um, my life before was constantly on the go. I mean, I was in a different airport all the time, um, constantly worried about every minute of the day. But now I'm more into a flow. I'm just more connected to myself. 
I know what I need to do every day. I mean, I have my list. I have a realistic list now um, instead of the hundred things I used to mark down. Okay, I got to do all of these today. And then I would only do three of them and the rest would be in the procrastination bucket, I call it. Mm -hmm. So that's that's another uh, part of the time management that I practice with everybody. But time management is also, if you look at it, manifestation. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what I teach my clients. If you if you write something down, you're putting out there to the universe that you're going to do this. That this is your intention to knock this out today or tonight, whatever you're doing, whatever you're planning it for. So manifestation is a big thing for me too. Um, in the mornings when I'm writing out my list, I'm seeing myself perform these things. I'm seeing myself complete them. And if I'm not able to, it's okay. It's okay. It's something that I used to beat myself up over in the past. We're like, ah, oh, man, I didn't get this done. I didn't get that done. And, and I put all this pressure on myself, but it's okay. I still progressed. You know, out of the five things I listed, I was able to do two of them. And that's still progression. That's still, you know, I, I was able to, to make something happen today. I was able to move forward. Now, at the, also at the end of the day, what I like to do is reflect, do that self-dissection of my day and say, okay, of uh, the five things I listed and I was only able to do the two, those two, how did I do them? Did I do them to the best of my ability or did I learn something how to do it the next time in a better way? Um, so that's, that's one thing, not just concentrating on the failures. And then when you do look at the failures, the things that you didn't do, I like to say, okay, well, why didn't those happen? Did I need more support? Um, did, did something unplanned come up that blocked me from getting that done? And how can I do this the next time? How can I plan around that? So it's, it's a lot of strategy I like to go through in my head, but it's, it's a positive strategy where I'm not beating myself up anymore. So when I do these, these practices with time management, my time manifestation, I should call it, and, and the wellness practices that I practice like these, um, like the first thing I do in the morning, I like to do what I call a gratitude hike. And that's getting up early in the morning, like four o'clock. I know that's not for everybody, but for me, I love it because the stars are still out. The sun is about to come up over the mountains. And I Like my, so what I'm doing You there? <laughs> I think we lost him for a second. Scott? Up, oh, we lost him, everyone. I'm sure he'll be back in just a second. Wow, what an amazing conversation. I mean, he's talking about the things that I talk about all the time. And isn't it interesting how we attract what we are? 
and we attract these people to come on this show and share their ways to develop practices in our daily lives to where we can live these happy, joyous, harmonious lives with ease and grace. How life doesn't have to be hard. So uh, here he is again. Hey, Sherry, sorry, you. sorry about that. I was My just mentioning. I was just mentioning how interesting it is and how awesome it is that we attract what we are. And so I attracted you to come on to this show, High Vibe Nation, to deliver a message, practices and ways of being that are easy, that are simple, that people can integrate into their lives and, and, and that life can be filled with purpose and joy. Definitely, definitely. These, all these practices are just like natural, actually. There's, there's nothing difficult about it. It's just taking the time to do it and doing it. That's the hard part is, is actually setting an alarm and saying, okay, I'm going to do this. That's why, I, that's why I tell everybody, put an alarm in your phone. You know, you're, you're connected to your phone all the time anyway. And, and the hardest part is when that alarm goes off to stop, to stop doing what you're doing and go and do and put that work into self. But there's no other way around it. You just, you have to put in that work. You have to do it. I was liking how you were talking about your hike at 4 a.m. Because I get up in the morning. I have three non-negotiables. One is I, I call it the happy blast. And so it's a 60-second happy blast. I get in front of the mirror and I start out with a smile. And then I start, I scan every area of my body and I tell it how much I love it, how beautiful it is, how, you know, it, it supports me and provides to me. And I mean, that's even how I healed my, my second near death experience. They told me I was going to die in six months without a heart transplant. And instead of connecting to the illusion, what I like to call the appearance of dis-ease, because it was just like yourself. It was a, it was telling me that I was working too hard and not taking care of me and giving my energy away. But ultimately what I did is, is I began to speak my word and I talk about the vibration of your word. And I just immediately recognized that there was a power that was everywhere present. And that source was me as me within me and that I could declare and speak my word right here and right now and align with the wholeness of that perfection, that everything in my body is functioning at its highest capacity and then be an absolute gratitude and release that out into this infinite universe where like you were saying earlier, the outcome is none of our business. It's where we get, we're, we have the habit and the conditioned behavior of being attached to the outcome and trying to make things happen instead of what you're describing. How fun is it to develop these practices, easy practices you've been sharing with us to live yeah. happy lives? Yeah, you know, like you said, smiling. That's that's mm -hmm. another thing. That's that's what I try to do every morning as soon as I wake up. Try try to smile for 30 seconds. I mean, it's it's scientifically proven. It releases yep. those endorphins and and even if you're not happy, um, you're gonna release stress and anxiety even if you mm -hmm. fake that smile for 30 seconds. That's so right. Good. So so just smile. Just think about something that's gonna make you smile or force yourself to do it. But you know, you said self healing. Yeah, I, I mentioned I had sleep apnea. I had the anxiety attacks. Um, I have PTSD. Ever since I connected to myself, I don't have any of that anymore. Yeah, I don't have any. That's how it works. With that. Yeah, it's amazing. So you connect to with yourself. All of those things just 
start falling away. And, and then it's just you, you again, finding yourself. Welcome. Yeah, absolutely. So Scott, how can people get a hold of you? How can they work with you and, um, you know, find out more about you? Yeah, well, I've got a website. Forgive me. It's kind of basic. <laughs> I'm kind of website building challenged. Um, but my email is uh, scott at scottjspheres.com and the website scottjspheres.com. But most of my information these days is on Instagram. I'm posting a lot of self-help tips out there. I've got a 2021 self-growth roadmap that I'm putting out there just, just for people to get daily tips on how to improve that self-connection um, throughout this whole year. And the, the Instagram site is at time underscore life underscore self. So like Q1 and quarter one, we, I just did nothing but time management tips every day. And now that we're in Q2, I'm doing what I call uh, self-organization, like the spring cleaning of the mind. So I'm focusing on a lot of mindset and mindfulness tips um, every day. So if you want those tips, just jump on my Instagram, follow me there, and you'll get those um, coming in every day. I, I, I don't If I don't post on one day, it's because I'm not feeling it. Um, something is just not right. Um, so when I put something out there, it's, it's authentic. It's coming from my heart. It's coming from my experience, mostly. Um, something that I experienced in my life. So um, that's, that's what I'm putting out there. In Q3, it'll be transformation. In Q4, it'll be all about energy. Oh, my gosh. I love it. So what is one piece of advice that you'd like to leave our audience with here today? Oh, did we lose you again? Sorry, <laughs> Sherry. We were breaking up there last moment. Can you? I said, I'm, I'm back. You're back again? Okay. I said, what is one piece of advice that you'd love to leave the audience with today? Uh oh. Yeah, can you repeat what you. I said, what is one piece of advice that you'd love to leave our audience with today? Uh-oh, we lost him again right at the very end. Ah! All right, so I'll, I'll keep it going for a few more minutes. <laughs> yep, Robert, it's making us wait for sure, huh? All right, yes, so you know what? I'm going to leave the audience with an amazing, um, amazing share. And that really is every one of you deserves to create an unshakable dream. You were all born to be extraordinary and to live life of happiness and joy. And you know what? Everything that Scott has shared here today has spoken that message to us. It doesn't have to be hard. It can be easy. Oh, here he is again. Be back. Um, you know, at least this is happening towards the end, right? Not all junk. I said, you better get your message out I'm quick. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm in Colombia. Let's try it again. Uh, all okay, right. Okay. So I said, message, what is the message uh, you want to leave? I would say be. Let's try. I. And.
her. It's start. Okay. <laughs> I'm sorry. He's jumping in out. Did you hear anything that I said? No. <laughs> I love this. I, I, th I mean, no. come on. <laughs> so let's make it play. Everybody, everybody here, listen. All right. Let, let's let's try Let's try real quick. All right. Okay. Be your authentic, be your authentic self. Um, be unapologetic about it. If if you need to work on yourself, don't listen to the naysayers. Take the time, work on yourself. If you don't know who yourself, uh, if you don't know yourself, start putting in the work and and get to know yourself. As soon as you know who you are, your life is going to change tremendously. That's so awesome. And everybody loved your message today. I mean, everybody has just said how much they enjoyed it and loved it and how they were very grateful for it. And Karen here has said, thank you for so much for a great message. So just like, you know, how it always happens, we got here to the very end and we got to hear exactly what you needed to say. And we just went with the flow. Exactly. Thank you everybody for your comments and and your support. And I, I hope everybody was able to take something from this. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. And I want to thank all of our audience members, as always, weekly for your amazing support. Robert, Karen, and all the people that are with me every single week that have grown with me since the High Vibe Nation came into existence. Thank you so much. Please share this out with all of your um, different social media outlets. And to find me on the web, you can find me at www.thehighvibenation.com, on Instagram at The High Vibe Nation, on Facebook at The High Vibe Nation. And until next week on Wednesday evening, I want you to go out and create that life you were born to live. Take care of yourself. Give yourself that self-care that you deserve. All right, now you have an amazing rest of the week. Bye now. From everybody here at the High Vibe Nation, we want to say thank you for choosing to raise your vibration. And of course, please like, share, and subscribe. If you need to find us on the web, check us out at 